When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And not with me as only a few times, uh, uh, you know, that have occurred within the history of the show is not your co-host, Andy Hart. Uh, Bunk Funkers, uh, Andy is away this week. He is tending to his Chia Pet. Or should I say Chia Pets? He has multiple. Um, you know, these are some of these are his pride and joy. He fucking loves these things. Now, do I really think you know, the whole point of a chia pet was that it's kind of a set it and forget it thing? And like the chia plant doesn't like it needs almost no fucking looking after. You just water it and then the shit grows. But I don't know. I guess Andy just he loves really just taking care of these fucking plants. He's got his Margaret Thatcher. Um, Chia pet, that's a favorite of his. Um, this one, you know, the other one he has is a Philly cheesesteak where the chia seed grows in like mold, which is kind of fucking weird. And then his pride and joy chia pet is his Mr. Clean chia pet, which I don't fucking, where the fuck is the chia? <laughs> He's fucking bald. <laughs> Where's the chia on that? It doesn't make any sense, Andy. You're just... You're just looking after a ceramic, a ceramic bust of Mr. Clean. I want answers. But, bunkfunkers, I'm not going to get those answers. Because I have questions. And I have different questions. I have questions, but I will get different answers from today's guest co-host. You know him. You love him. Some might call him the D.A.R.E. program of podcasting. Please welcome your good friend and mine, Ian Hamilton. Yeah, hello, Ian. Are you calling me a failure? <laughs> I'm calling you something that aimed to do one thing, did not succeed in it, but then pivoted into being something else, which is a meme. I aimed to do something which was succeed, did not succeed in succeeding, <laughs> and pivoted to being a meme. shaving my head and growing a beard. <laughs> I think of the D.A.R.E. program as like a big meme. I, I honestly like it... Uh, it obviously didn't work. 
I actually, I think we did do the Dare program, but it was in its last legs. I feel like when we were coming, yeah, up. I feel like it was like uh, an '80s creation, mm-hmm. right? And and then um, a lot of like kids who were born, like millennials who were born in '85, who I consider proto millennials, not true millennials mm-hmm. like us, um, are um very familiar with dare and basically anybody up until when we were born, which was around 92, 91, 93, which is true millennial. Do you know when they cut out the dare program? I don't know. I have to, I want to say it was like in the nineties. Late. I mean, but I think I would have taken it. I would have taken it at least until 2002, I think. So, I mean, I think it's still going. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was a cop that came with like, uh, a car that was like all, it had this big American flag painted on it. It was like blue. It was a car that they had got, like they'd seized it from somebody and painted it and made it look into this cool, sleek cop car. And, uh, we were just really, really amazed by it. And he brought the the drunk goggles for everyone to try. Oh, I, the drunk goggles. I never got to do it, and I always wanted to. Fuck, I don't want to get a pair of those fucking drunk goggles. Um, Yeah, it's like around the 90s, uh, people started to realize it did nothing to reduce illicit drug use, and then funding was greatly decreased in the 2000s. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, McGruff the crime dog, all these things, it's all a reference. Anyway, I don't know why the fuck we're talking about this. In today's topic, though, you know, I can't, I can't, without a shadow of a doubt, say that the D.A.R.E. program ever reduced illicit drug use. But I can say that, without a shadow of a doubt, that working in a lighthouse and... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Spell it out. And during some rough, stormy seas may reduce your risk of being of being alive. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, or, well, we don't know what happened to the three light keepers on Eileen Moore. Of being as Their existing. bodies were never discovered, so. Of being existing, you know, yeah. Right, they may not have died, but they may have been. Yeah, we got there. Transported, who knows? These are the three missing lighthouse keepers of Eileen Moore. The, yeah, Eileen it's Moore. Uh, the Scottish Isles. Yeah. I'm sorry, Scottish I don't have Isles. Lemmy's accent, uh, Scottish bunk funkers. You know. Lemmy? 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 He's a, Twitch, he's a current Twitch streamer, former, had a... Current Twitch streamer. Had a former, uh, had a former, I guess, popular show on BBC or Channel 4. I can't remember. I don't know. Ugh, I can't keep up with, with these Twitch kids. Yeah, well, you're, you're not fucking cool, dude. I know. I know. I mean, I get it. It's like TV and you can just like... You gotta Watch find whatever, someone you connect whenever. with. You gotta find right. someone you connect with who plays games that you like or whose personality you really like. I guess it's the games thing that I don't totally connect with because I'd rather a big just gamer. play them. No, I am a big gamer. I don't know if I consider you a big gamer. Look, I have played at least a thousand hours of Civ Six. I am on. Uh, uh, this is the second podcast I'm on. I'm going to bring this up. I am in the 2040s in my Madden franchise. <laughs> You're I make playing, a point to play uh, play every game. Fire Emblem. I've okay, so I've played through all of Fire Emblem Three Houses, and now I'm playing. Uh, I played it on normal. Now I'm playing it on hard. Then I'm wow. going to play it on expert, 
And apparently, see, they they leak it like, oh, there's three storylines. Wrong. There are four potential storylines. Oh, so I don't even know if I unlock the fourth one oh when I when I play all three the first time, or I, I don't know how to do that. But I'm excited to uh, you know bring you my my house to victory. Yeah, I Bunk like Bunkers. Let games. us know. Is Ian a gamer, fellow gamers? Uh, let us know. Uh, Bunkers who are gamers, let us know. Is Ian a gamer? I, yeah, I just like to find one thing and play it to death. Like yeah, over do. and over and over again forever, you know. Um, but you're not like uh, you're not you're not abreast on the no. cu- on the current status of gaming. No, I I don't have opinions <laughs> on the status. Played of gaming. Elden Ring. You're not when people say ah, I can't beat Margaret or I can't beat fucking uh, oh fucking Melania of the Black Blade. Like you can't you don't know. I- I was told I should play Elden Ring because I love like Breath of the Wild, and I love. Um, do you like? Uh, do you like being angry? Is that what Elden Ring does to you? That's that. That's what Elden Ring and Dark Souls does to you. It just makes you fucking angry. I get so like like talk to our mutual friend Justin Link, JustinLink.com, JustinLink dot photography, JustinLink dot me, mm-hmm. dot Um, talk to talk to him about what it does to our blood pressure and how we've had like childlike moments of rage quitting where you're like, I need to fucking put this down because I'm like ready. Oh my God. You, I can see Justin doing that, but I have a harder time seeing you doing that, but I, I get it. All right. Video games do really take out the worst in people. I, uh, Sometimes. I had, I had a roommate where like in our mid twenties, you know, he broke a controller because he threw it. You know, like Jeez, it was, I've never done that. I've I known somebody who punched a hole in the wall. Okay, well, I think that's worse than breaking a controller yeah. by throwing it. Yeah, we've all thrown a controller. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, he like whipped it. You no, know, I threw it against my couch. You know, in, in right. a moment of frustration when I couldn't couldn't beat a certain level on I couldn't one hundred percent of Call of Duty Four mm-hmm. on extreme difficulty or whatever. So, anyway, um, these fucking lighthouses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lighthouses. Um. Now, Bunk Funkers, as of always, you can skip right ahead to when the research begins. Um, and I have to say that today's research is presented by and conducted by Ian Hamilton himself. Mr. Booker recruited you. Yeah, I conducted it. And writing. Yeah, I will also have a little conductor's... Uh, pen or stick, whatever you call that. And during the research, you will have to follow my uh, tempo. Okay. Not my tempo. Exactly. You have to do my tempo during the research. Otherwise I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not just going to whip a controller. I'm going to throw a chair across this bunker. Okay. You're, You're as bald as JK Simmons, but you're not as old man jacked as him yet. No, I'm, that's the next phase in my health journey is to get old man jacked at the age of 30. That's um, right. And you got to start playing fucking the best villains ever. He just, he plays oh, villains yeah. so goddamn well. You know what? I need to do like 20 years of, 20 more years of uh, doing like Farmers insurance theater and weird, you know, regional theater and like going low paying Broadway gig to Broadway gig. You're like, yeah, you're on Broadway. And they're like, no, I'm poor. Uh, <laughs> Broadway is just a, you're on Broadway if you hit a certain number of seats. Am I right? It's not like. Uh, 
Yes, actually. So, yeah, in New York, it's I always thought the term off off Broadway was like a joke to be like, oh, it's just this little thing. No, there's a number to it. It's less than 100 seats. Right. And then uh, off Broadway is, I think, 101 to three or 400. And then anything above that is a Broadway theater. Um, And most of it is, you know, in the Times Square area. Right. Where there's big enough. um... Oh, yeah. Um, bunk funkers. Anyway, bunk funkers, of course, you know, when the research begins, you can find the timestamp. But first, uh, Ian, so there's a trend with you and Mr. Bunker and your relationship. And it's odd to me because, um, mine is not like this, but you are once again courted by Mr. Bunker. Yeah. I mean, as I've said in the past, Mr. Bunker I do work for, we have a good working relationship. Is that how you describe it? Yeah. I mean, I've done his bidding a number of occasions. Seems like Um, more like you're a thrall or a vassal of Mr. Bunker. You wouldn't describe it as that way. uh, Yeah. Like a vassal state like Vichy, France under Nazi Germany or Manchurian, uh, Manchuria, China under Imperial Japan. Okay. Uh, all I know are uh, vassal states during World okay. War II. Yeah, that things, only in, lasted, things involved uh, World War II. Yeah, couple okay. years, uh, clearly. But yeah, so I just uh, I'm I'm an underling, you know. I'm a toady. I'm a. He says, "Do this, do that." I say, "Yes, sir." He says, "Jump." I say, "I just had a lot of pudding. Do I have to?" <laughs> Uh, you know, it's why are you eating so around. much pudding? Because it's delicious. Have you ever had pudding? Do you know yeah. how hard it is to stick to just one cup of pudding? Especially are you eating fucking snack packs or are you making this shit out of the box? Hell yeah, I'm eating snack packs. <laughs> and I'm eating the ones with the vanilla in the middle. When I had throat surgery last year, I did fucking enjoy the shit out of some butterscotch snack packs, which are my favorite. Butterscotch. My, I love butterscotch. It's amazing. I've been, I've said this on the show before. I'm a huge butterscotch fan. Wow. Huge. I didn't even know they had butterscotch. Oh, snack packs. hell yeah. They got butterscotch snack packs, my man. Wow. I mean, I would be down to try it because, uh, go very, for it very recently. And, uh, I don't mind saying this on the podcast. Oh, okay. Very recently, uh, we had um, big reveals. Natalie's, this is now the Mr. Maury's fucking <laughs> Natalie's 31st birthday was her Baskin Robbins birthday. That's right. And 31 flavors. She, she had 31 flavors of ice cream and we made an ice cream buffet and it was us and our friends. And we all got to we made we had all this Sunday materials, although right. she says it was 31 flavors. It was really more like 24, 25. So. Wow. You got to fucking redo it. You're a liar. I mean, it felt like 31. Oh, do you know how many pints that is? That is so much ice cream. Okay. We did plenty. Uh, but we had all this Sunday stuff. And so then the party was over and we still had all this stuff left over. And some of it I had to throw out just to, cause I had no self-control, uh, especially this, there's like a caramel syrup, you know, you put on on yeah. ice cream, like chocolate syrup. Right. Uh, I had to straight up throw it out because every time I'd pass the kitchen, I went through a phase of just squirting some in my mouth. And I was like, this is going to get so out of hand so qu- quick. I think you made the right move. You got to just fucking get it out of the house. <laughs> That's what you do. 
that is my health plan at all times. It is, it is don't, I can't have it around. I can't know yeah. it's here. One time right. Natalie bought me candy for like, it was like Halloween candy. She's like, don't eat this before Halloween. I was like, you need to hide it. Otherwise I will. You're like a child. Yes, um, but at least I know that. And yeah, like that's true. Mr. But Mr. Bunker knows me so well that he knows I'm like a child. Yeah. And he um yeah, I get it now. plays to uh my weaknesses like that. Mm. So uh you like he knows I love candy, actually. So it's weird we brought that up. You know uh that franchise sugar? It's sugar. Uh, like I sugar think? babies. Uh, no, it's called It's Sugar. It's a candy store that's popped up in major cities over the last uh, maybe seven, six, seven years. Maybe, maybe. And maybe. it's just uh, full of gummies, and chocolate and uh, everything. And it's slightly overpriced. But boy, do you have a yeah. you, you can you really just, choose. And they have like those those things on the wall of just generic candies that you can take a bag and then pay by the fucking weight. Of just you could just fill a bag with like everything. Oh yeah, and it's Peach so rings, easy. Various gummies, fucking. You you're know. like, I'm not paying six bucks a pound, and then you put everything you want in there, and you're like, yeah, thirty bucks. I don't care. This is what I want. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's just how it goes, which is <laughs> fine. Um, so there was this new candy place I saw called Booger Sugar, and I was like, wow, what's that? You know. Uh, Bunk Tech Industries, Booger Sugar. It was some sort of new um, recipe that they had for, it was like Haribo gummies, but they okay. don't give you diarrhea, the sugar-free Haribo gummies. Uh, All right. So uh, Booger, Booger Sugar, Sugar had perfected that. Yeah. And um, sure enough, I ate a whole pound of those. I had th- diarrhea for my regular reasons, but not because of the gummies. So, uh, that you know what booger out. sugar is code for Ian. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine. Well, I was sugar cane cocaine. Okay. The only product from there I was putting up my nose was powdered sugar from the little, the straws. Oh, from the straws. Yeah. Oh my God. Those Jesus Christ. Ian, this, I don't like where this is headed. I mean, how many candy, but so he knew my weakness, which is like, you know, um, sour Skittles. Oh yeah. And talk about, you were just talking about fun dip and, uh, you know how some of those pixie stick. Yeah. Some of those are like so good, but you have too much of it and it makes your mouth like you're in physical pain. Your like mouth is dry. Right. Your tongue gets like crackly. You have a weird film over your teeth. Uh, your That's jaw. That's my baseline state. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get that checked out. Yeah. Uh, your your jaw is uh, tired from all the chewing so much candy, uh, and sometimes you're even chewing uh, bubble gum, Hubba Bubba Max, along with the candy. Oh my so god, Ian! Chowing down on gum and also eating candy and having to separate the gum and the candy in your mouth so that you don't. <sighs> swallow too much gum you're, you're gonna swallow some gum um and you know so your mouth is just it's just a swollen filmy mess um but i was picked up by an ambulance limo actually from booger sugar and <laughs> an ambulance limo. yeah yeah it was like a really nice uh it, it was 
the the same front as an ambulance. Right. Uh, but it was a stretch ambulance. It was all black. It did have the blue lights underneath the stepping. Uh, well, that's good. You know, that's good. to step up to it. Right. Um, all of the EMTs wore little butler hats, yeah. little no, that's, you know, driver that's, that's, hats. It's good for emergency services and, and also a high school prom. Like it, I like that they can fit both markets. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, they're very similar. Yeah. Similar market. Emotionally. Um, and, uh, so, you know, obviously I could not contain myself in booger sugar. They did have to bonk me on the head so that I would be sedated cartoon style. And then they had to strap me to a board and make sure that my arms and legs couldn't kick everybody and claw at them in an attempt to get more candy they had to Ian. put a Hannibal Lecter mask over my face Ian. because I was just trying to chew my way. This is not a good look. Around. But this well, is embarrassing. Well, but wait for this art because what, what they forget when they uh, board you or they strap you to these boards is if you struggle enough, you can flip over and wiggle a little bit towards <laughs> uh, the sour gummy worms. Oh. Or even the chocolate covered Swedish fish. You know what I mean when they when they put (sighs) chocolate over gummy, and it's so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good combo, but right. I am aware that they do that. Right. So I made it over there, and then I saw this big giant gumball I couldn't pass up, and I bit into it, and it was a jawbreaker. Jesus, Ian, come on! So all my teeth were shattered. I guess that was right before they put the mask on me. But anyway, so uh, I'm I'm screaming. I'm yelling. You're a screamer. I'm wiggling. Um, mm-hmm. It takes four EMTs, four limo <laughs> EM, driver EMTs, and the two cashiers at the candy store to secure me and get me into the ambulance. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why I fought so hard because it was a really nice ambulance and they gave me a sugar enema. Good God. And it was a liquid sugar enema. And like the stuff they feed fucking butterflies. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about butterflies. I just know that if you put it in your anus, it, in your intestines, it gets into your bloodstream quicker. So obviously I had uh, Hulk type sugar rush strength at that point. I broke through my straps. I busted through the side of uh-huh. the limo ambulance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, me want candy. Oh my God. Uh, and it wasn't that my you intelligence. Talk like a fucking caveman. Right. But it was, it was because my mouth was so torn up that it was all I could really get out. And so then I'm I'm just Hulk raging sugar rush my way through the city, right? I'm just I'm throwing cars. Uh-huh. I'm uh, just I'm smashing windows. I'm saving cats out of trees because uh, I have a soft side. Sure. And uh, then all of a sudden, I, at right when I get back to Booger Sugar to recharge, you know. Uh, if anyone's imagining this at home, it's kind of like, uh, do you ever see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I was more like the 
Dr. Uh, the Mr. Hyde. Oh. Or is it Dr. Jekyll? No, it's Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde's the, the fucking yeah, jacked it, up one. In that, he's like a, he's almost like a Hulk. Like, it's crazy. Right. So I was more like him than a Hulk. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. So right as I'm getting to Booger Sugar to recharge, I think that's when my sugar rush must have died down because then uh, everything started melting around me. And... All the buildings and the cars and the uh, street and the people, everything just melted. Like in, uh, I'm going to make another obscure reference here. The uh, Macaulay Culkin movie where he's in a cartoon and he's with all the books. And I played the video game on Super Nintendo a lot. Not ringing any bells here. Well, he gets sucked into a, a book or maybe it's a painting and it like globular goes over him and then he becomes a cartoon and the painting's like melting, right? So that's the way that my everything's melting in front of me. Okay. And then I woke up in the bunker and as it turns out, Mr. Bunker had put acid in the candy, possibly the enema too. I can't really figure out what was real and what was fake, but to be honest, it. it was delicious candy and it was yeah. first class ambulance uh, Stop driving it. all the way, so Stop it. you know he still took care of me. Not, Ian, God damn it! You're make you're what? being played a fool. You're being played a fool, and I won't sit around and watch you be played a fool. Um, you're being played a fool. You know, just because I don't have a degree in psychology like some people here, <laughs> doesn't mean I'm a fool. Okay, I I make very calculated, it. stupid decisions in my life. I, I think that's true. You are a you are a a a calculated gest- a jester. Thank you. A court jester who is calculated. I'm not um, a sloppy jester. I'm one that that's right. goes, I'm going to slip on that banana peel. And then it's like the the one. <sighs> You're being taken advantage of us just like Fine. Andy and I am. Fine. I, you know, I'm open to it, but really it's just like he's so good to me. He gives me so, he gives me so much. Booger sugar. Yeah, booger sugar. Drugs. By bunk tech. Cocaine. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, bunk fuckers, that's how Ian made it to the bunker this week. I, 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 you know what? Bunk fuckers, if you have any advice for Ian to help him with this whole, uh, you know, his, his very weird relationship with Mr. Bunker where he clearly is having some kind of Stockholm syndrome or something well, with him. Well, <laughs> let us know, but... Um, Ian, I don't know if there was any Stockholm syndrome happening at the lighthouse and Eileen Moore, much like the film, the lighthouse or any other weird kind of, I don't know, uh, the village with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Any other weird kind of psychosis going on here, but, um, maybe we don't know because we don't know what happened to the three missing lighthouse keepers of Eileen Moore. And we're going to dive into it. We're going to bring you the whole enchilada on it here. I'm Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast.
Bunker Log. Entry number one. I awoke delirious, confused by the pungent smell of warm deli meat and the sight of what turned out to be a floor-to-ceiling pile of chewed-up and spit-out sunflower seeds. At first, I thought I was in hell, but quickly discovered I was yet again in the bunker. In the corner there lay a well-used bed of straw next to a slop trough and an Ohio State foam finger. Clearly some sort of half-man, half-pig abomination resided there, but was nowhere to be seen. Of course, the titular Mr. Bunker was up to his old tricks again. But this new path he had put me on is one I would never have imagined. Oh, good, you're awake. You slags have to do the dirty work. Excuse me. Uh, Ian, you uh, you got to take this fucking plunger and snake and clear out the open-faced toilet in the bunker. It's a plugged-up mess, the likes of which I've never seen before. Why do I have to do it? I've never even used the open-faced toilet. And be- besides, Mr. Bunker likes me better. So I shouldn't have to do the bitch work. No, that's ridiculous, and you clearly have Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) He's taken me out to dinner. He's flown me on a private jet. He called me that aforementioned ambulance limo. And he doesn't kidnap me every week, Art. Now, that's canon. You can look that shit up if you have to. All right? He even gives me drugs. Always against my will, but at least they're free. We don't have time to argue, Ian. We have to plunge the open-faced toilet while I research this week's topic. It'll get us out of here sooner. Oh. Oh, the smell is unbearable. It's like bad milk in a sweaty armpit. But if it'll get us out of here sooner, I'll get started. What is this week's topic? The mysterious disappearance of three lighthouse attendants from the Scottish island of Eileen Moore. Come on, Eileen Moore? Come on, Eileen Moore. What's that? (laughs) I wrote that and I couldn't say it. (laughs) Come on, Eileen Moore. Yeah. Where's that? It's one of seven small islands known as the uh, Flannan. Flannan Islands, 32 kilometers west of the Scottish Hebrides. I think it's Hebrides. Hebrides. Which are themselves? I'm just gonna apologize up fucking top, bunk bunkers. You know this. You know the deal. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to read. Are themselves a large chain of islands northwest of mainland Scotland. So they're like you know, way way northwest of Scotland. Way far out, Art. This chain of islands are also called the Seven Hunters, as their jagged coastlines were known to decimate ships that are tossed around by its treacherous waters or get lost in the often dense fog of the area. Sailors thought of this region between the Scottish Hebrides and the Flannan Islands as one of the most dangerous corridors in the North Atlantic. And what made these waters so dangerous, Ian? Ian, what made these waters so dangerous? Oh, sorry. I I thought you were setting up an answer, not asking an actual question. 
It's a little tough to break the surface of this toilet muck while reading the script. Jesus, what do y'all eat down here? Anyway, to understand why sailors were so afraid of these isles, you have to go back and understand the origins of civilization in the area. So to talk more on the subject is my good friend, the History Hen. What? Well, buck, 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 y'all. I'm the History Hen, and I've got an egg of knowledge to lay on you. No, no. We already have a history animal on the show. I'm not inviting another one into the bunker. This isn't an animal farm. It's a bunker. Oh, my God. Fine, Art. You know, you're about as controlling as an animal farm. (laughs) 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 Jesus fucking Christ, Ian. I hate, oh, God, Ian. I hate birds as much as the next guy, but you didn't have to fucking kill him. You said that was a very good friend of you, you sick fuck. Okay. First of all, it's a hen, so she's not a him. And second of all, it's a little late for that. I I really wish you would have said something sooner. Bunker Log, entry number two. This working relationship with Ian has just begun, and it's already strained. Dead chickens, bad song title puns, bunker worship, what other shit is next? Top of the research and unclogging the open-faced toilet, now we've got this chicken blood to clean up. I don't even know where the bleach is, or if we have a good scrubbing rag for that sort of thing. This guy's supposed to help. It's just making things worse. Since the hen is gone, I'll talk about the history of the island. Wait a minute. Where's her head? I tried flushing it, but this thing is really clogged. Jesus Christ. The island was inhabited by St. Flanagan, an Irish monk who built a chapel and led a congregation on this small island in the 7th century CE. Shepherds would regularly bring their flocks to graze on the island because its grass was said to have mystical properties that would cause the sheep have twins. Hey, everyone. I'm the mystical minotaur. And I'm here to tell you about all the mystical attributes of the island. Ian, you need to stop inviting your friends to the bunker. It's supposed to be a secret place. I mean, actually, it is a secret place. I don't even know where we are. Don't look at me. I don't know this guy. Well, My ears were burning. You said mystical, and I heard it from afar. Then I just kind of appeared here. I, okay, you're clearly from the south or something. Interesting (laughs) for a minotaur. (laughs) You don't really need help explaining the mysticism of the island, but honestly, my arms are tired, and I could use some help plunging this open-faced toilet. So could you take this over? Ew, I'm not doing that. Get going, beefcake. Newbies have to fucking plunge. Those are the rules. Fine. Give me that plunger. Whew. 
Here you go. Anyway, the island's inhabitants did not last there long as mythical beings were said to have intimidated and tormented them. Plagued by a sinister and spying presence, they fled. This torment led to strange local customs that attempted to protect people from the evils of the island. Customs like circling the church on their knees or turning away from the sun when they reached the tops of hills. For centuries, shepherds would bring their flock to the island, but never stay the night out of fear. But what were they afraid of? Supposedly, St. Flannan's congregation was scared off by sightings of fairy people on the island. There have been stories of sea creatures, giant birds, and more. Ooh, tell me one of the stories, Ian. What stories? The stories of the sea creatures or the giant birds. Oh, uh, I couldn't find any actual stories. It just seems like people on the internet have written that there are stories, but have never bothered to look into or find one. So it's really more like there are stories of stories. Fucking lame. Mm. But here is a badass legend of sea creatures. They are called the Blue Men of the Minch. No Mermanian. These are water chads with great physical strength that can sometimes be seen swimming vertically with their torsos above the water and can be seen sleeping under the surface in calm seas. They wear blue hats, have long gray arms and faces, and are possibly descended from seals. Sailors have told stories of them conjuring storms and bad weather to drown them, as well as pulling them overboard. Their biggest trick is to lure men to the side of the boat with a jolly poem. Oh, if a sailor can respond with a witty line, he is free to pass safely. However, if he cannot respond with a rhyme in kind, he will be pulled overboard and drowned. They are the size and shape of humans, but are said to also sleep in underwater caves. Wow. That's the biggest mystical Chad energy I've ever heard of. Commanding the weather, Chad strength, and spitting mad rhymes? That's badass. I'm literally right here plunging and snaking the most clogged toilet I've ever seen in my life. And all you have the gall to say that around me? I plunged out an entire raw ham and an entire cooked ham. How does that even fit in there? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to... uh... Where? What am I even doing here? I'm a half-mystical, half-man, half-bull scholar. I have mystics degrees in psychology. I'm not a fucking plumber. How'd you rope me into this shit? Oh, no way, dude. I have a degree in psychology, too. It's not the same thing at all. In fact, you think it's, it, it tells me everything I need to know about you already. I'm fucking leaving. Ew. You did not have to throw the plunger. That's fine, stupid fucking minotaur. You know, you can head up those stairs and they'll take you out of the bunker. Just be sure to close the door behind you and lock us in. Oh, I'll lock you in, all right. You're just going to let him leave like that? Wait, he can just walk out the door. Can we walk out the door? Uh, sure, you can walk You can walk out the bunker door, but above us is a maze of Walmarts that no man or beast has ever solved. Uh, he's going to be trying to figure out his way through that veritable labyrinth of graders and savings on... Cheaply made merchandise for the rest of time. (laughs) Bunker Log. Entry number three. 
Art is kind of a sick, twisted fuck. His constant talk of chads and manipulating the Minotaur like that makes me think he gets off on power. He constantly barks at me to plunge the open-faced toilet, then turns around and uses it. I'm like, dude, when you gotta go, you gotta go, and I get that. But can you at least warn me before you use it? I also keep catching him staring deeply at drawings of the blue men of the Minch online. I can't confirm he's found hentai of them, but I'm assuming he's at least searched for it. All right, let's get into the main event here. What everyone came to hear, the infamous lighthouse was built in 1899 on the coast of Eileen Moore against the wishes of locals who warned it could invoke Flannan's Wrath. Flannan's Wrath, not to be confused with Isildur's Bane, right? That's a sword, and that's completely different. (laughs) This is a The Witcher podcast, Ian. Not a The Lord of the Rings podcast. Stay in your fucking lane and keep plunging over there. Okay, geez. Actually, oh, the plunger snapped in two. So thick and swampy down there. There are layers to all the shit, piss, whatever the hell else you two have been shoving down here. It's like layers of sediment. I think I could clock what episodes you two are recording based on what I'm excavating. Okay, see, like... This semi-digested bloomin' onion is obviously from your early days of being kidnapped. And this gavel is definitely from your Judge Judy episodes. Ugh, the only reprieve I get is from a gap in the bunker record here, which must have been from when Mr. Bunker was too busy traveling the globe trying to become immune from COVID to capture you. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to have to start jackhammering soon. I have no idea what you're talking about. The lighthouse was completed in December of 1899. It was only one year later that our story takes place. The three men manning the island were the principal lighthouse keeper, James Ducat, the second assistant, Thomas Marshall, and the occasional keeper, Donald MacArthur, who is often just referred to as the occasional in official documents. So they just kind of think of him as like a substitute teacher, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. It seems a little demeaning. Yeah. But what happened to these men? Well, the story goes like this. Due to the torrential weather and dense fog of the area, it is common for the lighthouse of Eileen Moore to not be seen for several nights in a row from the mainland. For example, it was not seen December 8th, 9th, 10th, or 11th but it was seen the evening of December 12th, the last night the lighthouse was confirmed to be lit. The good news is there was a man whose job it was to track the light's appearances from the mainland to see if anything was amiss. The bad news is this guy didn't really tell anybody about it, despite noticing that it was strange and worrisome to not see the light for so many nights in a row. The first sign of trouble was December 15th. Remember that date. That's an important date. When the transatlantic steamer, the Arctur, passed the lighthouse and noticed, oh, not the Arctur, the Arctur, 
Very close. That's right. Past the light. You're both from I've Philadelphia. I've a couple of transatlantic steamers, you know what I'm saying, okay. in the open face toilet. I was so trying to avoid steamer jokes here, and you found a way. <laughs> you can't. The Arcturus passed the lighthouse and noticed that its light was out. Upon docking at its destination three days later, December 18th, the Arcturus sent word to the Northern Lighthouse Board. Now, is December 18th an important date to remember, too? Because December 15th was so important. I just want to know, you know, if this one is important, more important or less important. Um, not as important as the 15th, but still relatively important, if that makes sense. Okay. The information gap for me is that they landed December 18th and reported the problem to the NLB, but the NLB's ship, the Hesperus, that they sent out to investigate did not arrive on the island until Boxing Day, Art. Oh, my God. Boxing Day? That's a full 14 days, or as some would say two weeks, between the lighthouse last being seen and help reaching the island. Now, by some accounts, the Hesperus uh, was there to investigate the island itself, and in other accounts, it was just a routine checkup. We are already starting to see discrepancies between the official account by Big Lighthouse and local knowledge. Oh, wow. Here we go. Big Lighthouse is already starting to cover up what happened, and I don't even know what the story is yet. Well, we'd get to the story quicker, Art, if you'd stop making stupid jokes like that. Well, what the fuck, Ian? You wrote that joke for me. If you can call it one, and this sentence explaining it. Mm, I see your point. (laughs) One story says a relief vessel was planned to leave December 20th. Not a very important date but was delayed due to bad weather. However, the official story from Big Lighthouse is that it was a routine visit. You'd think they'd take the bad weather excuse, but they don't. Uh, A wireless? Yeah. What is a wireless? just a wireless. Like, that's what they call a telegram, I think, or whatever. Sent on the wireless. Sent to Cosmopolitan Line steamers from Captain Holman of the Arctur on December 15th, wink, wink, Important. 1900, reported that the Eileen Moore's light was not shining. Due to more pressing matters, the CLS had failed to pass the information to the Northern Lighthouse Board. This whole thing stinks of ineptitude at best, a cover-up at worst. When did Big Lighthouse become aware that the light was out? And why did it take them so long to get there? Was it a routine inspection, or were you just late? Better get your story straight, NLB. Upon arriving at the island on Boxing Day, the Hesperus blew the ship's whistle and shot up a flare, but received no response from the island. They sent out the relief light keeper to investigate the situation. Jay Moore, not the comedian who rose to prominence in the 90s, bunkfunkers, the assistant light keeper, was the first to set foot on the island. And his official account goes like this. I made for the entrance door lead into the kitchen and storeroom. Found it also closed, also closed and the door inside that. But the kitchen door itself was open. On entering the kitchen, I looked at the fireplace and saw that the fire was not lighted for some days. I then entered the rooms in succession found the beds empty just as they left them in the early morning. He goes on to say, Mr. McCormick and myself proceeded to the light room where everything was in proper order. The lamp was cleaned, the fountain full, 
blinds on the windows, etc. The following day, we traversed the island from end to end, but still nothing to be seen to convince us how it happened. Nothing appears touched at East Landon to show that they were taken from there. Ropes are all in their respective places in the shelter. Mr. Moore went on to note that the clocks had stopped, which meant it was abandoned for over a week. Also, two rain jackets were taken, but a third was left on its hook, indicating that one of the men had left in haste to run out into a storm without a jacket, and more importantly, abandoning his post at the lighthouse, which was unheard of and illegal. Uh, One man must remain inside the lighthouse at all times. Supposedly, there was also an uneaten meal on the table as well, although that is not in the official account. Big Lighthouse would like to make you think he ran out into a storm. But according to the lighthouse's official log, there was no storm. In fact, a book published in 1965 that cited a magazine from the 1920s that published the official log from December 12th through December 15th. Remember, that's an important date. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So a book published 65 years after the incident published official log entries that weren't seen by the public until 20 years after the incident? Yes, Art. What's not to get? The log stated that for three days there was a storm on the island more powerful than the men had ever seen. They all feared for their lives. The storm was so powerful, it reduced MacArthur, a well-known tough guy, to weeping in a corner and praying for his life. Ducat was so frightened, he could only sit and stare blankly. Final log entry was from December 15th and read, Storm ended. Sea calm. God is over all. To this day, People swear they can hear the names of the missing men blowing in the wind. Bunker Log, entry number four. This is bullshit. Ian comes onto my podcast and does a better Scottish accent than me. I don't even care if it was a little Irish at times. I know! He's just trying to upstage me. But I'll show him. I've got the perfect plan to expose him to the bunk funkers as the imbecile that he is. According to the logbook, They had survived a storm and everything was fine. Mr. J. Moore said that when he arrived, everything seemed like it was frozen in time. The living quarters were maintained properly, no real sign of disturbances. Eerily, it seemed like these men simply vanished into thin air. Which begs the question for at least a third time, Ian, what the blue men What the blue men of the Minch happened here? The prevailing theory is that two of the men went out to secure some rope or some cargo and were surprised by a large wave that took them over the edge of the cliffs. Worried that his mates had been gone for far too long, 
the third must have gone out after them and been swallowed up by a similar wave. I mean, that must have been one tall wave because that cliff is at least 130 feet tall. Check this art. Waves up to 300 feet have been recorded on calm days. Also, shout out to crack.com of all places. The only site to point out that, quote, the island was littered with deep but narrow gullies called geos, which could catch water from particularly massive waves and hose it back with extreme force, catching people who were readying themselves for whatever coming was coming from the ocean right in the back and expelling them out into sea. The most experienced lighthouse keeper was attending to his duties in the lighthouse, while the two junior ones were securing shit out on the landing stage, which it turns out was located right in front of one of the geos. But weirdly enough... No big storm was recorded around the Isle of Lewis those days. Again, that's only 32 kilometers away. Oh, yeah? Well, what about Mr. MacArthur? They had locked his liquor away, and in a bloodthirsty rage, he killed the other two men, then threw himself over the ledge. Oh, well, there was no sign of struggle, Art. Almost everything was properly stowed, except for a missing lifeboat and some smashed ropes on the rocks below. But there were signs of a chair being knocked over and three ominous blackbirds flying out of the cabin. <laughs> okay. okay. Those details were just poetic license taken from a poem written in 1912 by Wilfred Wilson Gibson. People read it, and eventually it merged with the lore of the story. Oh, wait. The, the chair being knocked over is in the official account. Uh, damn. I can't keep what's real and what's fake straight. Well, you're forgetting that two of the men had been fined for improperly storing supplies in the past. Amid the storm, they ran out to secure their supplies so that they wouldn't get dinged again. I mean, that's when they got swallowed up by the weather. First of all, that's a completely understandable human behavior and not really a conspiracy. Second of all, you're forgetting that there's not really evidence of a storm that day or... Mm, well, and uh, au contraire, the Arctur made reference to stormy seas in its logs. But from the wording, there's no way of telling if they're talking about the Isles or the Open Seas art. At least not in anything I've read. Mm, well, suck or blow on this. Uh, it was probably just wind that had blown the men off the but cliff. The wind that? was recorded to be blowing westerly that day, and that would have blown them uphill. Duh. Westerly, of course. What I haven't brought up yet is the possibility of ghost ships. Whoa! Are you saying there's evidence of a ghost ship? A ghost ship coming over and snatching them up off the island? Hell no. I just wanted to see you get oh. excited and then watch your pitiful oh. hopes and dreams crash to the sea. That's just folklore. Speaking of crashing to the sea, their bodies were never recovered. They must have been captured by aliens or swallowed whole by a sea monster. The aliens thing only came up because of a Doctor Who episode from the 70s. And why would the sea monster have to swallow them whole, huh? Why can't they be chewed? Chew on that. Damn. I didn't think of that. So I guess what have we learned here? What, 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 what do we think? I think we're just going to have to blow this toilet up because this shit is harder than cement. 
two really need to start eating more fiber or drinking drinking prune juice or something. You know, prune juice isn't as bad as you think it would be. No, Ian, about the mystery. We've got big waves, murderous rampages, aliens and ghost ships. Anything else? Oh, right. Locals genuinely believe they were taken away by a magical group of little people known as Lusbearden. I, I'm, I, but they genuinely think they were taken away by little people known as Lisbearden. Tales of these people were still prevalent through the 20th century. Ah, get me out of here! A blue a man, blue a man, man of the Minch. Ah, oh, sorry. Give me a second. Oh, oh. I was gonna. Oh. Ooh, that is a workout. I was gonna say that even if a giant wave swept two of them away. Are we to believe that another wave took the third man by surprise the same way? Right, that's kind of my point. Even if the most logical answer isn't airtight, that, that's all I'm really trying to say. Get away from the toilet! He's going to try and pull us in with a poem, Ian! Hmm. You eat too much dairy. You eat too much meat. Your bowels are riddled with trauma. Your research at hand is the same as your pipes... The toilet is clogged. The toilet is clogged. The whole enchilada. The whole Your stool may pass. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that helped shape your childhood. Find us on CandairPodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, Each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. 
Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Hey, welcome back, bunkfuckers. That was our research of the missing light keepers of Eileen Moore. Uh, with me still, you know Hamilton. How about those blue men of the Minch, though? How about isn't them? that fun with their little little poems? And they're gonna you have to be a. It's like an improv game. They're uh, if you can't, um, it's like uh, hey, but or no, what was hey, it? Hey, big spender. Is that something? No, it was one where it was like. Hey, oh, uh, the the guy who sang Rock Lobster. Hey, da, 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 yeah, kind of like that. What do you yeah, say? Like, hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? I'm lighting a fire with a match. That was the game. You yeah. just had to, everyone would say, hey. You had to f- come up with like a funny thing after somebody said, hey, Fred Schneider. And, and then you had to say it the way he says stuff. Right. right. But right. I mean, just like so far, they're not mermen. And like, I wonder how this process is that they like, they're like at the sea and your boat's there and they're like, hey, hey, come here. I got something to tell you. And then all of a sudden they just spit a poem at you and you just have to make this very, you know, quick split second decision to yeah quip at them. And uh, it's like, you didn't even know you were going to get into a rap battle. And then all of a sudden you're in one. And, and it's like life or death battle. stakes here. It, um, it's, I, I don't know. It's it, the, the, the idea of the siren, the Greek siren mm-hmm. is like, I think a lot more appealing and makes a lot more sense. You know, lonely men aboard a, a ship together long time. So they're being, you know, lured ashore by these beautiful women and their songs. Mm-hmm. Horny as hell. And they turn out to be, they're horny as hell. And they're, they turn out to be evil monsters that want to fucking gobble you whole mm-hmm. or whatever they are. And then um, this is just like, oh, look at that cool fucking buff dude. And is <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm on board. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, you hear that fucking that that amazing that iambic pentameter. Woo! Oh, fuck. Yeah. Let's get over there. Yeah, It's more <laughs> instead of like being horny. It's just like, wow, I really respect this guy. Hell <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, they swim vertically with their torsos above the water, but they never describe like if they have legs or a fishtail or what, you know, but so imagine you're like, you know, someone's just like bicycling through the water, you know, keeping their head and their torso above water, but you're like in the open sea. Right. It is a very um, odd look. And I, I do wonder what the origin, like why, where did that? Yeah, supposedly that it like this is the only story in the world like this. It's just from the north uh, west coast of Scotland. This wow. this this treacherous corridor is the only place hmm. that nowhere else in the world are they like we have blue men swimming around, <laughs> and they love <laughs> to <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> And yeah, they enjoy a good limerick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fun story, kind of um, loose. Yeah. You I mean, know, it's, it's, it's odd. Did you get like the, okay. Did you get the uh, just official story at all out of that? 
Yeah. Okay. Which is that that nobody, they didn't see it for weeks, the light for weeks, and then nobody went to look at it until that one ship landed there, and then they were like, oh, looks like they all just picked up and left. Right. The eerie thing was that that everything was untouched. You know, everything was clean. There was no sign of a struggle. So it was like very ominous to walk up to this peaceful, otherwise peaceful lighthouse. And uh, we've seen similar things in other ghost ship stories. We did the Kaz 2, which was like a catamaran or mm -hmm. something that got lost adrift in Australia. And it was a ghost ship. And people were like, well, just left. Everything's completely untouched. It's like, okay. They probably just were overboard and it's a drifting boat. Right. Um, but this one, I mean, there's a little bit less evidence to work with. You know, I think the Kaz 2, they had a lot more. It was modern day, so they had a lot more evidence to work mm-hmm. with. We knew more about the men who went missing. We don't know much about these men other than they're just probably burly, haggard lighthouse Yeah, keepers. there are, there are accounts of them. It's like the MacArthur dude, like, had a drinking problem and was, like, a known ruffian you know, uh, yeah, just sounds like somebody was alive during the night. Right. I think one guy was just like classic dad, you know, just working and doing whatever. And, uh, classic dad body. He sounded like Ray Romano and looked like Ray <laughs> Romano. Uh, Debra, Debra, <laughs> Debra, where's my buddies? Debra, help me with the, le- with the kerosene. <laughs> Debra. My rain jacket. Everybody loves <laughs> Raymond. <gasps> Ray and his rain jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The two rain jackets were gone. And the, they're like, right. he left without his rain jacket into a, in a storm. That's so unusual. It's like he was in a hurry. Something was happening and he was in a hurry. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever ran out. I mean, I guess I've never been that worried about anything. But like. Okay. It, were you ever like a kid, like this relates back to up top, like the D.A.R.E. program. Part of the D.A.R.E. program for us was also like fire safety. Oh, yeah. Like, did you ever do fire safety as a kid in school where like they take you, they teach you like, hey, if you're in a burning building. Our school went as far as like the fire department would set up this makeshift trailer that was like it could like had fog and mm-hmm. stuff in it like, or like um, what was probably um, just stage fog or stage smoke but um and they would like you know a bunch of different schools would go and then like practice fire safety with the fire department um and you would crawl through this fucking fake trailer that was full of smoke and they they were teaching you like hey you have to check candles if it's warm and like shit like that and like wow if if you are in a yeah my school went all fucking out dude yeah sounds a little dangerous you should probably isn't a little dangerous, but you had to like crawl on your hands and knees because that's what you're supposed to do or something. Because mm-hmm. I guess the smoke. But they rises, had pissed on so the floor, can... and they're like, "Haha, you got pee on your hands!" <laughs> like just pranking you. Yeah, hundred and ten percent. But you know, obviously, in fire safety, they always teach you like leave all your shit behind. You don't go back for anything. And I was always that fucking kid who's like, "Yeah, but like, like I'm gonna." But my. I'm going to take my fucking yeah. PlayStation. Like, come on. I was going to say N64, but yeah. They're like, no, you can't. You can't go back and get your stuff. It's like, yeah, but like, 
Like I'm gonna do it, right? Just like, a quick, and they're like, "No, bolt, you have to leave it." Bolt in, back, bolt out. You know, no big deal. It's like I have this file saved that I just really don't want to start. I don't want to <laughs> fucking have to beat the water temple again. It's so fucking hard. I honestly think nowadays about what kind of shit. Like, I mean, I don't know. I might pull my PC, but even that would. It's like everything is on the cloud. You know, as long as your people and your fucking, but they say even your pets, but it's like, come on, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, actually, you're making me remember that our dare supervisor for like fire safety was actually fired. Oh, shit. yeah. It was like negligence because she was like, <laughs> if there's a fire, breathe the smoke in. And she was like, Be- breathe in as much smoke as you can. <laughs> what? Yeah. And she was like, um, what? Yeah, she was like, grab every handle. There's no fucking way. Grab every, if it's not hot, don't go in there because it's tricking you. That's the fire tricking you. <laughs> thinking it's safe. And they were like, uh, go as close to the fire as possible. In fact, jump in. So, yeah, so they were fired because they clearly did not take the seminar. They were fired. The teaching seminar series, the one, the the three hour class to get the certification to teach fire safety. Jesus Christ! They didn't pay attention. They they were like, yeah, and you need to have like a fire safety plan with your parents, and you need to like fucking go walk work through it and like practice it. Like they were intense about fucking fire safety. I was like, what? Do the you fuck? remember? Um, did you ever have Caesar as a as a teacher at I O? Caesar Jamie. Yeah, he would tell. Uh, I don't know if I ever had him as a you teacher. Knew him. Yeah, but I. He, he was around a lot. Uh, he, uh, I, I'll always remember this. Uh, he told the story of his, he was five years old and his apartment was on fire and it was just him and his little sister. And he knew from some like after school special about fire safety. And he like took his little sister. And again, he's like five. He took his little sister into the bathroom put a wet towel under the door and they like wow. hid in the bathroom until I think somebody came and got them. Um, Jesus I don't Christ. think he had to resort to like going out the window, but like he did all this stuff that they were like, wow, you're amazing that you did all this and you're so young. And uh, then they arrested his mom for negligence because she left uh, the very young children home alone. All right, well, that had a depressing he, he ending. He tells the I mean, story. I'm not you know, making, he's in his 40s. It's fine, probably. I mean, he might be 50s. Uh, uh, the, um, the, those fire safety programs, though, are legit. But what I was getting at is, like, I don't know if I would be the type of person to leave. Okay. Imagine you're in your basement right now, and you're naked. You're completely naked. You're in the buff. And it's and it's cold, so you All really right. don't outwardly appear the best. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Uh huh. You know what I'm. Yeah. You well, know what I'm saying. To some. It's yeah. cold down there. You do you hear what I'm getting at? You would yeah. not want anyone to see you naked at this point because it wouldn't anyone to newly see you naked because they would think that you are less than you are. Okay, so imagine this scenario because I sure am. Oh yeah, I got the image in my head, and. And all of a sudden, uh, there's a loud explosion in the other side of your basement, and mm-hmm. your fire, your house is quickly getting engulfed in flames. Yeah, are you just 
you're running out of the house, right? Even though you're naked? No, you could easily grab a fucking blanket. Easily? This is an explosion yeah. I'm talking about. You got to I mean, get out of there, bro. You don't. The pipes could explode at any moment. I, I don't know. I would be so like bewildered about what's happening. I'd probably go investigate. I'm that fucking you're, stupid. You're so, no, you're not that stupid. You're so afraid of your nudity. Of showing those tight little buns off to the world. <laughs> that you would rather. <laughs> That's really what it almost is. Almost die. That's really what. I'd rather fucking die than be nude in That's public. That's right. <laughs> Um, when I was in, uh, I don't know, 12 or 13, my fucking basement flooded in my childhood. Whoa. And we, there was a horrible storm, horrible storm in Chicago and, um, the power went out and then we didn't have a backup generator on our sump, sump pump. Sump, uh, you're, you're doing pump. as well as I would. So sump pump. sump pump. Um, and so there was no sump pump and our fucking, I mean, our, it was like, Every time I retell it, I go, the water was up to my fucking knees. And my parents were like, it wasn't that. It was like, <laughs> uh, it was like maybe ankle deep or more. I was like, no, we were fucking trudging. I think, honestly, it was probably like capri. If you were wearing capris, like capri pants height. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember like going down into the basement and all that fucking water and having to like pull all of our shit, like grab my fucking Xbox. And, that's like, like, I was like, that's this, dangerous. Get this the fuck out of here. Save this. Dude, it. Cause it, uh, I mean, it's nowhere near like something setting on fire, but it like, it, it didn't fuck me up, but like, no, it's worse. Um, Cause if there's like an electrical thing, you just fucking oh, die. Yeah. You just be dead. Well, I mean, the power was out, but oh, um, the power was out. Okay. Yeah. That's an important detail. That's why the sump pump, sump pump didn't work. Um, but no, it made me like be, I'm not afraid of them, but like, I don't like storms. Like, cause I'm always like, and now I'm like, I'm always paranoid about getting water in any kind of place that mm. I live. like yeah we had a we had an apartment in Brooklyn that like it would when we first lived there okay so we had a backyard which was nice but there yeah, was, was like nice. you could only enter the backyard from the basement so there was like a so you'd go outside of the basement and there was just like a concrete slab and mm. then you would go up stairs to the backyard which mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. nice because it made it our private backyard but it was like really annoying because it it was really annoying like who would do this um right. and it caused a lot of gardening issues I'm sure you can imagine um oh yeah so many gardening issues art come on come on art just use your brain i i can't i'm having a hard time visualizing it <laughs> Like, I kind of get it. So there's stairs, and then there's just flat so, concrete, right, and then there's, like, flat a Flat concrete that's below ground. Okay. And then, it, but it's open air. And then mm. you go up some stairs, and then it's, like, a well, it was a dirt pile full of rocks and bricks, and we turned our house into a home. Uh, and so... So this, but this slab of cement, if you, when we first lived there, it was just like covered in leaves and shit. We didn't clean it out or anything. So it would rain, the drain out there would get clogged and the basement would just flood. And my roommates had their whole little like mini, mini uh, one bedroom apartment down there. So it would flood. Then sometimes every once in a while, sewage would leak up through the fucking shower and through the tiles. 
And we were two thousand dollars a month, New York City. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And it was like uh, it, it, it was insane. And oh my God, the dude. landlords would do the bare minimum to like yeah. fix the situation. Apparently, after we left, a different couple lived down there that we were also roommates with for a while, and apparently that. Like literally the whole basement filled up with sewage. They just came home one day and it was just sewage everywhere. That's my fucking nightmare. Covered dude. in their That's shit. That's my fucking nightmare. Exactly. And then the... Um, what do you fucking do? All your stuff's ruined. You need to have... Even if you have that fucking sewage insurance, it's like everything's ruined. No, everything. They had to sue them because uh, literally yeah. the landlords... It's a fucking nightmare. Just like got some cleaning woman off the street to like come in and to clean it. And they were like, no, you need like industrial real people you need an hvac at the very least you know oh, man there's and, nothing quite like new york landlords. yeah new and york the woman came lords. in she's like i'll make it all nice and clean don't worry about it she like comes in and is like oh no i can't do this no yeah. this is no right. yeah it's it's fucked up that's fucking sewage yeah. like that's my fucking that's one of my that's one of my fucking nightmares mm-hmm. like just you just come home and you just find your shit fucking ruined well, we had some. Well, for the we've just called them tweakers because they're clearly selling like hardcore drugs out of their apartment that live right behind mm. us. And otherwise, mm. we don't have anything like that in our apartment complex. Um, so they moved in, and then like all of a sudden, crazy shit started happening. And there were like needles in the parking lot and stuff. And thank God, they just got evicted. Um, nice. But like literally one of the first months they lived there, it was like they shot somebody's truck in our apartment. Uh, our, our, we're a first floor apartment and they shot somebody's truck in the parking lot. And then a bullet went through somebody's closet, but that was the only one bullet is enough. Okay. Uh, one bullet is enough and, uh, but not enough to make you run out without your raincoat. Exactly. No, I would run out without my raincoat. That is the fucking <laughs> point, Art. Why? How would you not? Okay, so you're getting your, you're like, my two buddies are, I heard a big crash and somebody they're, screams. They're, but he was already waiting. He was already waiting. His two friends had been gone for a long time well, and he had been waiting. We, Why would he run out without his fucking raincoat? We are speculating at that point, though. We are. Because... Even I'm saying it's like he has time to pay. He's probably pacing around mm-hmm. being like, where the fuck are they? It's like you would get your raincoat on and be like, oh, well, I'm going to go see. And then you're like, well, well, maybe they'll be bad. And oh, I'm going to go see. Like you would put your raincoat on and then mm-hmm. you would go, come on. I mean, I don't know. So something had to have happened. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the wave theory is has got to be the most plausible one. But it, uh-huh. I, well, the thing about it is I could not actually verify that there was a storm that day from any of the accounts. So that's the only, that's the biggest hole in the, in the whole thing for me is like. In the whole enchilada. <laughs> it's a H-O-L-E enchilada. It's more like a donut enchilada because there's a hole in it. Uh, <laughs> and it, it just, it that's the only thing that makes me be like, well, what what did happen? Maybe it wasn't a wave, even though there. I mean, can we're be talking big... three hundred feet though on a calm day. Yeah, but that's still a freak thing, I believe. So it's, but it has happened. But it is a freak thing. But it also, this was like on the landing stage where, I guess, this shit would happen. So, look, it makes sense. But the fact that 
nobody is like 100% there was a storm on the island that day is the one thing that makes me question the wave theory or whatever is like, was there a storm that day? I don't know. Probably. Hmm. I don't know. What about you? What about you? What sticks out to you about this story? Fun or. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go boring, but well, there's, there's lots of fun, but it's, um, we could talk about if you're if you're going boring, then we could talk about fun stuff first, and then go boring. Right. I mean, there there is like the just like I don't know. They were working on a lighthouse. I imagine is kind of dangerous. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and I don't. How experienced were these guys? Were these like uh, lighthouse regulars? The uh, were they new to the the area? substitute teacher guy was not that experienced. The head guy who would have been the one that would have ran out without the light, the jacket, uh, and would have been very aware that it's illegal for him to run out. Um, he's the one that would have been the most experienced. And the other guy was experienced too. Uh, also, they had been involved in like the, at least the other, those two guys and the guy that found them were involved in like when they built the lighthouse and like, you know, getting it, getting it going and everything. Um, so they were experienced. It was not. Yeah. That adds to the fucking mystery. And you know what the weirdest thing was for me? So this is another story that like face value. It's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Uh, they were working on a lighthouse. They were swallowed up by a wave. Probably. There, the light wasn't reported, not seen too late, even though if it was, it doesn't really save their lives, right? Right. Um, so even in the official account, the like supervisor of the supervisor is like, yeah, this guy should have alerted us sooner and maybe we should have gotten out there sooner, but ultimately it wouldn't have avoided. They still would have been dead or vanished. You know, uh, so there wasn't, there still wasn't much they could have done, but the weird thing to me was with all the stories and all the accounts that are taken through like official accounts, colloquial stories, and then obviously the insane theories, uh, there were so many tiny discrepancies in dates and being like, wait, they, the Hesperus or the Arctur passed it on the 15th. And then it took me a while to find that it was like, oh, they landed three days later at this place. And then it was like, oh, but they alerted the Northern Lighthouse Board. But it turns out that wasn't true. They alerted their company who was supposed to alert the Northern Lighthouse Board and didn't until way later. So it's like Mm. there were just a lot of little things that you think would be easy right. to say this is what happened that took too much somebody fucked up exactly or covering up something exactly somewhere. i think that there was probably some sort of fuck up that they're just trying to Maybe brush over just deserted 
there was that theory. They're saying like maybe they were in debt or whatever and they deserted the place and left forever. But anyone that was like, well, why didn't they just fucking quit then? You know, we have, we don't have. And why would they see the lighthouse being built just to fucking. Yeah. Quit? Maybe they were like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. They were a part of this whole process. It was like their yeah. lighthouse keepers, at least two of them. That's like their profession. You'd think they'd right. have, you know, they'd be invested. I don't see any reason for them to desert unless, unless the one guy killed one or two of them and then fled. So you think of there's a the lighthouse situation? Hey? Uh, you know, I mean, it's. I always said I could never live alone because I would go, I would lose my mind. Oh, I can't think of anything I'd want more than to live alone. <laughs> I could so be a fucking lighthouse keeper so easily, I, but I couldn't even it's live crazy. alone with my video games in an apartment. I would go so crazy. I mean, I like my alone time, but not for more than a week. Oh, see, I I can do I can do two to three months easy. I did it during the pandemic. I mean, obviously, I you know live with my girlfriend. Well, but, see, that's um, the difference, I think. But uh, no, I, I I have no problems being completely alone for a month and a half to to more. Like, sure, I I live with my girlfriend, but I neglected her for two months and didn't talk to her at all. <laughs> So I was alone, essentially. I, I've done it. I've done it in college as well. I went, uh, well, not really. Uh, I socialized every weekend. I guess that's true. Um, but there were times even, in, no, there were other times in college where I was, I fucking, I love it. I love, I love being alone. Mm. It's great. I can do it for really long stretches of time. And then I'm the, I'm the kind where it's like, um, you know, I can like have one night out of socializing and be like, cool, I'm recharged. I've got it. Like I can go another couple of months. Like I would be great as a lighthouse. Well, I would fucking be great. Okay. I'd be the greatest lighthouse keeper Ima- of all imagine time. Imagine there's no internet Goat. though. There's no there's Goat no podcast for you to work on. There's no uh all right, well there's gotta be internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's non negotiable. Okay. I'm talking to the NLB and I'm being like, listen, it's a safety hazard. I've got to have internet. That, that means I've have it. that, okay, well, this lighthouse was automated in like 1972 or something. So <laughs> there's not really a situation in which you could be a lighthouse oh, keeper okay, with internet. Okay, 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 okay. I see the scenario now. If this is the 1900s and I'm not aware that internet exists, yeah. then yes, I think I'll be fine, Ian. I could bring books. I could, whatever I would do to pass the time that isn't watching YouTube videos like I do now. Yeah. You'd be Willem um, Dafoe jacking off to a mermaid or, well, or he's fucking <laughs> the mermaid. And, uh, I haven't seen the movie. Oh, you haven't? Is it good? No. Nah, oh, it's really good. Well, it's yeah. like, it, oh man, I really thought you'd seen it. Um, no, nah, I hadn't seen it. It was memed though. It was memed yeah, the two of them so I know are working it. on the lighthouse. Uh, they're going insane, on a lighthouse. but they're also they best friends like because they have to be. Uh, obviously, there's musical numbers. There's many musical numbers. Working on the lighthouse, out out on the raft is my favorite. Down by the boardwalk. It's actually uh, down by the, down by the loading zone. Loading dock. <laughs> By the loading zone. <laughs> loading zone. Yeah, there's I've Sitting eaten the same the food for four weeks in a row. Uh, 
Well, in the lighthouse, though, there's supposed to be six weeks or whatever it is. But then there's all these storms that keep them there like way longer than they're supposed to be. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's why they're they're really pushed to the brink. Let's let's explore this a little bit more. Um I know I could easily do six weeks of lighthouse duty alone. Um honestly, I think the lighthouse duty gets harder if I had someone with me. I would actually do worse if I had someone with me. Well, you have but to sleep in shifts because someone has to maintain the light at all times. I know. So I just think that like yeah. How long do you think you and I could work together on a lighthouse before we fucking kill each other? Well, I've got a bad back, so you got to do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine doing the physical stuff because oh, okay. I would be working out. I do a six day a week workout right now and I would continue that. Yeah, that's true. I'd so be doing have, plenty of you know, stretching. So maybe it's like you're working out. I'm stretching, yeah, you know, yeah. on nice days we can do it outside. Uh, so that's not so bad. You know, who's who's going right. to cook, though? I'm a good cook. All right. So you're cooking too. And you're doing the manual labor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what the fuck are you doing? I'm not going to let you fucking. I'm the management. Sit around and fucking. Uh, no, you're not fucking management. Do this, do fuck that. that. No, no, no. You don't have Fine. vision when it comes Fine. to a this fucking lighthouse. This is pre 26-year-old Ian. And I'm, I was jacked because I was doing all that stagehand work. Okay. So imagine I'm that version of myself. I'm just saying there's there's no management with a fucking lighthouse, okay? Like it's 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 the same routine behavior over and over again. It's not like we're fucking uh directing a play or something here, Ian, where it's like, well, I think we should really take it in this direction. It's like, Ian, there's one way to do this thing. You're not gonna sit here and yeah. tie in the knots. No, they, they talk about how it's like it really is a 24 hour a day job because it's like you gotta get the it's not kerosene, it's something else up there. There's like a series Petrol, of like yeah. There's like a rail, like a trolley or something that has to get it like up there. It's very heavy. You know, you have to secure all these ropes and shit. You got to cook. You have to make sure the cabin's maintained and clean, you know. Okay. So there's lots of things for you to do. Yeah, that's true. I could be. If I'm carrying the kerosene mm -hmm. and doing some of the more manual stuff. I could be the homemaker. Clean. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I'll cook, but you're cleaning. There's also sheep on the island, like permanently. So oh, wow. you, there's like stuff you have to do with the sheep uh, as well. <laughs> what? Fuck the sheep? <laughs> no, that's stuff you get to do with the sheep. <laughs> I'm putting it at four weeks, Ian. I think, I think a month and we're fucking killing it. Yeah, I think. Well, you know what, though? I think me and you also would be good about being like, I have to be alone for a while. And the other's like, great, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think we'd have like a week of like, you know, oh, haha, and then and then after a week, we both be like, hey, listen, like, you want to just have like only two nights out of the week that we eat together, and then every other night we just eat alone, yeah, and we just like, like I'll I'll make know, the meal, like, I'll leave it here. When you're done, yeah, you yeah, set yeah. it here, and I don't want to fucking see you. I, out of respect, we'd run out of shit to say. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to have like two, three days alone so that when we start talking, it's like, oh, man, you're not going to believe the wind at 5 p.m. on Monday. <laughs> Woo, it was howling. Saw, you see that one sheep? Oh, I oh, saw that I sheep. Saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah, that sheep. We were both watching them because they were they were really they were really grazing out there. <laughs> who's who's someone? Who do you think you could last the longest on a fucking lighthouse with? And who could you last the least amount of time on a lighthouse? 
I think my older brother's the least. That would, uh, wow. would not go well. Quickly. Jeez. Quickly not go Family, well. sibling rivalry. Yeah. Uh, it's We love each other, but a thousand miles is a good distance. Um, Damn. And uh, ooh, who would I let? I mean, Natalie's kind of an easy answer. Yeah. Natalie's an easy answer. Here, because we, you already again, like, easily. right, we pandemicked together. For yeah. most of the majority of our relationship, we've spent, you know, not. Basically, yeah, like in close quarters. Exactly. Yeah. In a lighthouse. Exactly. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's too easy. I'm not going to say that. Um, well, let me ask you, how would you and Andy fare in a lighthouse? You know what? We do all. We also right. have thirty six acres of this island. Also, something like that. That's true. He can't sit in silence, and mm. I fucking need it. He's an extrovert, and I'm not. I mean, at the end of the day, like he'll just sit, but he'll just sit there and fucking blab away about it. Just fucking sit there. But like, I think we honestly, I think you and I would fare better than me and Andy. Yeah, I can sit in silence, and I. And I think he'd agree to that. He'd be, he'd be offended, but he would he would agree. Yeah, even though I do tend to fill silence, if I make a yeah. decision to sit in silence, right. it's fine. We eventually would both be like, listen, for the better of both of us, we need to have some fucking quiet time. Let's lay out some rules. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so we we'd work it. well together in that we would be alone uh, as much as we can. Uh, but or as much as we need to be, we'd be good about that. I uh, it just made me think of this time Justin visited me in New York, and <laughs> I'm always, I'm like obsessed with how our friend Steve that we grew up with, uh, yeah, is a very quiet person. Yeah, I'm and he Steve, doesn't, yeah. you know, he's a one he's word answer quiet. guy. Yep. He's engaged, but he he's yeah, yeah. not talkative at all and uh he would not mind me saying that because i talked no i talked to him about how he doesn't talk whenever i see him it comes up i'm like so steve you just you just don't talk huh you're just sitting there fine yeah like just thinking huh kind of wow you're just just there so one time me and justin were walking to this uh, diner. It was like a 15 minute walk from my apartment. And I was talking about how quiet Steve is. And I just go, I go, mm. I, actually, I don't know if I said it or if Justin said it, but it was like, let's oh, try it. And me and Justin walked in silence. I think we only lasted 10 minutes because it was so funny, but it also did feel really weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. I get it. I get it. It's it's the difference of though, like one time thing versus like, hey, we're gonna be here for six fucking weeks. Like, you need to shut the fuck up and like give me some space. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I do have. There's a difference. Romantic. Like we're going for a marathon versus a fucking sprint. Yeah. So it's like that, that's true. You know. I've always had romantic uh, ideas of going to a cabin in the woods and not talking to anybody and just growing out my beard and getting all wild mm-hmm. and being like going. I'm, Full I'm gonna yeah. I, like I'm gonna write and I'm gonna meditate. I'm just gonna fucking be there. And there's not gonna be a phone and there's not gonna be an internet. 
And I'm just going to see what it's like to just be there and like have yeah. a nice breeze and just be very live simply. And that really is a dream of mine, but I could, I could never do it ever. Yeah. I don't think I, I just, I'm too, it's not, not like I'm buying too, groceries at least. I'd have to at least like have groceries. Yeah. I'm too committed to like the hustle. Like I need to be do, I need to be actively working towards a goal or doing something. Otherwise I lose all control. Of I, my I life. think I would be doing that in the form of writing some kind of story. Mm, okay. You don't think you would take on something like you'd need the lighthouse to maintain? Yeah, I would need some kind of goal or objective or like thing that I'm working towards. I just can't, um, um, you know, yeah, I just couldn't be. You'd be creating all these mini games for yourself. Like yesterday, it took me 15 minutes to (laughs) fill the light up with oil. Tonight, I'm going to see if I can do it in 14 Okay, let's. Yeah, I guess yeah. I would, man. I would have. I, I to. would too. I, I've never had an experience like this because it's like I've always had distraction. Like I've always had either the internet or like now we have our phones. So it's like, what would that be like to just be trapped in a fucking lighthouse with somebody mm-hmm. like you or like Andy or like whomever? And like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, dude, we're gonna be here for six weeks. Like, I we gotta lay some ground rules. Yeah, we gotta have some time apart. Sorry. Like we gotta, we gotta recharge. I do. Yeah. Um, I get like, I get like, I went to South by Southwest this year and I was like mm-hmm. mingling, like I've never mingled before and networking and right. I needed recharge. Days. Yeah. I mean, I went five days like hard of being like, I have my business cards. I'm out here to see things, talk to people, meet people. It's exhausting. It. I crashed for three days afterwards. Dude, it's exhausting. Right. I know exactly and I'm how you not feel. just physically tired. It's an emotional, yeah. deep sense of tired uh, right. that I just, I, I remember in college. It's draining. It's physically yeah, draining. I, I would be hanging out with my friends at like a place and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back to my dorm. And this one guy was like, oh, I'll come with you. I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to go back to my dorm. We can hang out later, but. I need <laughs> just me. Fucking Ian, man. Right to the point. Yeah. And it was like weird at the time because everyone was like, they could like party four nights a week. Oh, I know and exactly. I mean, probably more than four, yeah. frankly, but I would go out one yeah. night with them and then I'd be like, whoo, see you next week, guys. That was fun. But dude, I know. Yeah. Exactly my rock bottom was partying it. once a week. Okay, like <laughs> I could not keep up, and I didn't want to either. Uh, it, it just it made me sick. It made me ill. It's, I look at people like that, and I'm just like, how do you fucking have the energy? Mm-hmm. I just would look at them and be like, I'm fucking like I'm exhausted. But then again, you know, I would be going out and doing improv shows and going to improv class at like eight in the morning on a fucking Saturday. Oh yeah, but don't um. Don't so. give yourself too much credit because you were fucking super awkward because I was in some of those classes with you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we're the same age. <laughs> yep, it, nope, there's nothing there. What? I don't think I was that fucking uh, bad. I thought we were pretty good friends. I, I've ha- I had experiences with you that were like that. That it's like three really? of us or four of us standing around and you're like clearly like shoulders hunched, like trying to get the fuck out of there. 
Which like I get, Jeez. but it was like, oh man, I'm getting nothing out of art today. Well, maybe you weren't giving yeah, anything. Uh, that's true. I was not. Or maybe I like I was fucking drunk or high. Engaging me and, and you s- don't do that. Uh, so it, and it might also have been the other person who was in those classes. You never know. That's true. That's you never know. And maybe you were associated with somebody who was maybe a little bit too much. Oh, was that what was happening? Maybe. maybe. Who knows? Um, but motherfuckers, let us know. Um, let us know about your lighthouse limit. Yeah. Let us know about your lighthouse limit. To what limits could you live in a lighthouse with, I don't know, find somebody in your life who you think you could last the longest with and who do you last the longest Yeah, I, I don't think you can say alone because technically you cannot run a lighthouse with just one person. You need at right. least two, right. in this case, three. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Who's your lighthouse buddy, Bunk Funkers? Let us know. Uh, email us, mrbunkerbrad at gmail.com. Now, Ian, let's get to some verdicts here, my man. We've uh, we've been chit chatting here, but let's. What do we think happened? Well, to these, uh, poor little I will. I'll preface my verdict by saying I really wish I could like talk to a local person and get the like <laughs> lore and the stories and <laughs> someone who like That's right. with great conviction believes something other than a wave. You know, like yeah. I want to be like, no, there's spirits there. And their souls got sucked out of their body. And then they fell. Because it happened to my mate, Jimmy. Jimmy's never been the same since he came back from <laughs> Elon Moore. Eileen Moore. Eileen Moore. Like, um, uh, so. Yeah, or someone who's like, no, it was a real ghost ship. Yeah, or like, they. it seems like they genuinely believe there is a power on this island uh, which I'm open to, you know me, like I've had weird experiences. Uh, I love hearing people's ghost stories. I have had my own weird premonitions of sorts in my life um, that I would attribute to. I, I don't think it's just intuition, but who knows? Um, so it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm open to someone being like, there's a weird energy there. But mm. as far as people being like, there are magical little people there and they jumped on them and ripped the flesh from their bones. They didn't say that. I'm, I'm making that up. Uh, but they, they really believe there were little people there that like, like hobbits or whatever that name was, you know. So I wish I could hear mm. some of that firsthand. Yeah. Um, I am going to go... Plausible plus it was a wave. Um, I'm not going to say that for sure because it could have just been a slip. You know, who who knows what took them off the cliff? Um, wow. I don't know if it was a wave because I cannot confirm there was a storm. Um, but there was an emergency. And that's why the guy had to run out without his jacket. Um, yeah. And... That mm. emergency somehow took them all over. But plausible plus, it was a wave. All right, Ian. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go case closed. I think it was the fog. I think the two guys got lost in the fog and they fell. or Something happened to them. And then the other guy, after too long of a time, said, fuck it. I'm going to go check real quick. I know I'm a pro. Like, you know, sometimes... You know so what? I think I meant plausible plus stuff. plus also. But uh, anyway, keep going. Okay. Sorry. Fair enough. No, that's your verdict. You have to have it. Scientific. 
Um, you know, sometimes people who are like real professional at something, they can skirt the lines of what they should mm -hmm. do. So he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I know I'm not supposed to leave the lighthouse, but let me just go check real quick. Maybe something befell the same fate with him. Wow. Wait, what um, has you so convinced about the fog? I don't know. Was it like really foggy? On oh, yeah. The whole place island? is really foggy. Like often. Maybe, maybe it wasn't a storm. Mm -hmm. It was just the fog. And they just slipped, weren't paying attention, weren't doing something the right way, and they slipped and fell or fell off of something and got washed away to the yeah. ocean or something. I, I wonder don't know. if it was. That's my. That's my I wonder if story. it was on December 15th, like the quote unquote official logs suggest. But the official yeah. logs are under heavy scrutiny as to <laughs> there there was somebody that said that they might even be from like a pulp magazine, which is like a hundred percent fake, you know? Wow. Pulp pulp fiction. Um right, right, so right. I don't know if it was on the fifteenth. It could have been the thirteenth. Could have been the fourteenth. Hmm. Probably by the fifteenth. I think that's you know, fair. That's the fifteenth is the important date here, Ian. Right, because that's when the arc tour passed by. Um, well, bugfuckers, those were our verdicts on the missing lighthouse keepers of Eileen Moore. Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Blue blue men of the minch. What is? Yeah, that? I'm like I'm trying to fuse lighthouse and blue men of the minch somehow. Light, lighthouse of the Minch. Light. Blue Men of the Lighthouse. Willem Dafoe. Right, well, I, I already wrote Lighthouse. Okay, I like that one anyway. <laughs> lighthouse of the Minch. Let us know what you think. Email us, MrBuckerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MrBuckerPod. But first, Ian, why do you have to plug? Uh, I'm going to plug first uh, my possibly now... Uh, Completely going. You don't know when this is airing. Podcast uh, called One and Done TV. Uh, My friend John and I, uh, we review television shows that were canceled during or after one season. Uh, shows like Firefly, shows like Freaks and Geeks, shows like Lovecraft Country. There are a lot of big names. Uh, recently, Cowboy Bebop, Why the Last Man. Uh, those were big titles over the last year that got the axe. Very quickly. The Netflix yep. one? Cowboy, the live action Cowboy Man. Bebop. God, that thing was a piece um, of shit. That's what I've heard, but I, I still have not reviewed it, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, currently, I'm watching Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which I've always wanted to watch. And now that I'm watching it, I'm wondering why I always wanted to watch it. <laughs> you wish you were watching. Yeah. Else. I'm like, why is everybody <laughs> blow Aaron Sorkin all the time? Anyway. Um, I don't know. Also, uh, obviously, you can Venmo me at Hamill Chin. Venmo me any amount of money. The more, the better. Uh, please. The more, the better. Please, God, Venmo me money. Um, and uh, Natalie and I have our show on YouTube, 100% Sweatpants. That may or may not have mm -hmm. new content by now. Okay. And uh, our website, Lack of Hustle Media, that is our Production right. company, lack of hustle is a reference to heavyweights. If ever anyone uh, loves that Ben Stiller movie, co-written by Judd Apatow, late '90s, it's about a, a fat camp. 
Uh, and Ben Stiller is like this muscle dude that bought the camp and is like a total uh, just power hungry madman that pushes the kids to their limits. And uh, yeah. he's got a line that he says over the intercom that's attention campers. Lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Due to a lack of hustle. So, uh, for whatever reason, I named my production company after that. But I've always wanted to. There you go. In high school, I was like, lack of hustle. That's a good name for something. It is mm-hmm. a fun name. And it's, and it's a good fitting. comedy name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all I have. Respect to Ben Spiller, too. Um, He's only directing now. He quit yeah. acting. Yeah, just don't do Zoolander 3. Um, By God, don't do it. Please don't do it. Leave it alone. Great comedy movie. Um, Thank you, Ian. Yes, please check out those various different things, what the Hamiltons are up to. They're always up to something, up to no good, but sometimes up to good. Um, And yeah, of course... Who knows? Maybe you will have already known about some of these ventures before this airs. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Bunk Funkers. Um, Ian, do you have any last tips? Um, sure. I'm going to plug uh, this say. plastic scraper that I use uh, in the for the dishes. It, it'll If you have arguments over... You know, like Ooh. soaking dishes or like crusty uh-huh. crud that you have to right, really right. vigorously crusty scrub. Crud. There's just like a little sure. plastic. It almost looks like the head of a spatula. And you, do, I've you never heard scrape about this all of your pans with it. And it's super easy. It has made my life so mm-hmm. much easier. Uh, I, I love it. Everyone should get one of these. I don't know why. Okay. It's not the highest selling item on the market because... Everyone hates doing dishes, and uh, I don't own stake in the company. I'm just I'm plugging it because it's great. All right, so it's just by coincidence that you're wearing that T-shirt that has the plastic scraper. Oh yeah, it. and it's just a coincidence that I have this foam finger that says "Number One Plastic Scraper," number one dish uh, scraping utensil in America and its territories. Okay, all right, Ian. All right, Ian. I see what the fuck's going on here. All right. Okay. Okay. You're a big shill for you're you're a shill for big plastic scraper. Yeah, they they've they've bought me and I'm selling it. <gasps> oh jeez, it's it's tough to see the. Good I've been trying sell, to sell but, out uh, for years. You know, people are like ooh sell out, <laughs> and I'm like, please, I want to be a sellout. That's the point of it. Yeah, that's exactly. The point of it. Selling out, right? Well, speaking of selling out for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my Biltrum host, Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Delicious.
Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? (coughs) Or just a horrible accident? (coughs) That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.